0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources, or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. So this morning, I'm I'm actually talking about friendship. It's uh the the I the, the it's what I came up with and I had some help on that too. Um and I just it's kind of neat You know God puts people in our lives. You know we have a church family here that's very loving, and um, a lot of a lot of y'all saw me this morning with the little headset in because I wanted to get it in and just make sure it's ready. They're like, "Oh, are you talking today?" And everyone offered to pray for me, and I thank you very much because that's going to be very helpful for all of us. Um, Before we get going, I just want to pray and uh, and open us up. God, I thank you for the friends that you give us. I thank you for the ones that you'll bring into our lives that we haven't met yet. Um, Help us to be uh, be your light to them. And um, God shine through our friends that know you, shine your light through them, and let us benefit from that as well. God, just pray your blessings on us, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cool. So, there are two different types of uh, of relationship that God has given us. So we've got a vertical relationship, one that um, that God provides with it's between Him and us, and we've got the horizontal relationships um today i'm going to be talking more about the horizontal relationships but i had a thought i wanted to pass along to you on the vertical one um i was thinking about like vertical relationship for stuff whatever and that's really a could be a completely separate sermon it might be the next one who knows um but our relationship to god um there was a song that just kind of stuck in my head and um what a friend we have in jesus and it's just been in my head throughout whatever. And I actually looked up there. There are several like covers. I'm going to give you guys like a homework assignment by choice. You can do it if you want to. Find some, some version of that to listen to this week and listen to it a couple times. I am going to say the words. I'm not going to sing, so y'all don't have to worry about that. And Matt, you don't have to worry about coming up and try to cover up, you know, some other things as well. Um, but it was amazing. I looked up on, on YouTube and there are actually several like very popular or, you know, famous folks like. Uh, Alan Jackson, Aretha Franklin, and Willie Nelson were just some of the few people who have done What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and they really got some cool stuff. But, you know, so there's, there's a genre that you're, you're going to relate to. But I just want to read the first verse. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. What peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I love those words. It's not scripture, but man, it really, it, 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 was, it was good. Hymns are cool. Um, so that's the vertical. Now I'm switching over to the horizontal. Um, our relationships with each other are horizontal, and they're God's gifts to us. They're his provision. He provides this. He's, he, like, brings people into our lives, and he blesses our relationships. Um, but there's some things, there's some rules in the way that that relationship works. work. Ooh, pardon. Um, you can't control how good a friend is to you. You can only control how good a friend you are to them. Rule number one. And so you can have some expectations and have some, you know, guard can be up or whatever, but you have to be, you, you can only control how good a friend you are. So be the best friend you can be. When, when things go bad, return with good. These are things God told us to do in talking to stuff. Um, It is not wise to have a bunch of expectations for your friends because they'll probably let you down. Not on purpose. Even your best friends will have days where, like, I cannot handle you and the junk that I'm dealing with right now. I'm sorry. I'd love to. Try Tuesday. You know, we'll try another time. But it's even people who want to may not have the ability to do it. And that difficulty is not something. It shouldn't break a friendship. That needs to be the understanding that you had at the beginning of it, you know. There will be times that friendship will not do what you hope that it would. That's when you work on your vertical relationship. Like, God, my friends aren't making it. He's like, well, have, have you talked to me about this yet? You know, that's the, it's, he shouldn't be the backup plan, but he can definitely do it once you realize, oh yeah, I should have started there. Um, anybody else enjoying pollen season? Quite fun. Uh, (laughs) I've been trying to ignore it and not say anything about it, but you know, anyway. Uh, It is what, there it is. (laughs) It's what happens when I turn down my thinking. Um, Okay. So, I want to pick up in Proverbs. There are a couple things that Proverbs tells us about being a friend. Faithful, uh, Proverbs uh, 27, 6. Proverb, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. This has two parts. Um, a friend can wound, but will do so faithfully. So that sounds like, you know, why, why would a friend hurt me? Sometimes you need that guidance. You need that ability. Someone who is a friend knows enough about you to go, this is going to hurt, but I need you to move this direction because you're not where you're supposed to be, and that can hurt because you weren't supposed to be there, and now you're not guided to that. But a friend can do that. Um, the enemy will tell you you're doing great, exactly where you are. I just love where you are, and like how deep that mud is, and how close it's getting to your neck. I just love that. That's you know, it's 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 a warning there for for both what a friend if it hurts sometimes from a friend, sometimes that's God helping that friend pull you up. Um, Proverbs 17, 17. That's an easy one to remember because it's 17 twice. A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. So anybody, this this was written by a father to his son. There were multiple sons. And, you know, it's really easy to say that your brother will be a source of adversity. And that means difficulty for those who are, you know, trying to catch up on that. It's, it's, you know, there can be some difficulties between siblings, but um, a friend loves at all times. I um, wanted to hit a, a, a series of scriptural friendships, and um, I'm, I've decided that I'm, this is going to be more of like a, a sermon pinata, where we're going to hit it with a stick, and hopefully some good stuff will come out, and you'll find some candy. And I brought candy. So <laughs> anyway, so we're going to try to have some fun with this. Because I thought at some point this would be a little weird, but Pastor Mike didn't say I couldn't do it, but I, did, I didn't ask him, and he's not here, so, shh, don't tell anybody. If this, doesn't, if this wasn't a good idea, then it was nice talking to all of you. Um, all right, so I'm going to do, what I have is um, some, some background information. I thought rather than just telling you background, I would s- poll the audience, see who already knows, and reward you with candy. These are mints. Um, so... First question I'm going to ask, who was the first king of Israel? Please raise your hand. And, and if, you, if I just stand here and no one raises, James, Saul, Saul. very good. All right, so now, <laughs> all the way to the back, <laughs> he got it, that's good enough. These, these aren't very aerodynamic, thank you very much, I appreciate that. Okay, what was Saul's son's name? Jonathan, here we go. Completion, we're good to go. That was for her. Well done. All right. Who was the second anointed king of Israel? Saul was the first. Who was the second? David. Okay. Who wants to? Uh, y'all yelling it out. All right. <laughs> Throw a bunch. I don't know. I got, there's a lot of questions up here. We're having some fun. So that. So David was the second son of Israel, second king of Israel. Does anyone see a conflict there? Not the son. Not the son of Saul. It was somebody else. Potential for conflict here. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, what was David's job at the time that he met Jonathan? Someone raise your hand for this one. Joseph. Huh? He was a shepherd. But that was a part-time job at this point. Does anybody remember what what else he was doing at the time he met Jonathan? He was actually serving the king. The king had gone into, was starting to lose his mind. David was an excellent musician, and so he would play music and it would calm Saul down. So that was his part time job. He both still had to watch the, sh- the, uh, the sheep because none of his older brothers were going to do it. It's like, you know, in my house, we, the, the oldest one washed dishes and then the next one went down and washed dishes. And now the, the youngest one is washing dishes. And will either one of you two take that job back over? That's what I thought. <laughs> nope. I am no longer watching the sheep. That is the youngest person's responsibility, it is his. So even when he's working for the king, he still has to go home and watch the sheep. And that's how that goes. So this is this is what David was doing. This is how he met Jonathan. All right, got a couple easy ones. What was the name of the giant that David fought? Goliath. Goliath. Here you go, Debbie. All right, and a real easy one. Who won? <laughs> All right, I'm just going to throw it this direction because we haven't. That's for you. <laughs> All right. Anybody else want a mint just for fun? I'll come back. This is not the last opportunity. Does anyone want one for someone next to you? (laughs) I got it here. Cool. So between like the the communion cups and the little mint wrappers, we're just going to hear this all throughout the sermon, but that's okay. We're going to make it. It's going to work okay. So Jonathan and David. David was, um, Jonathan was, the son of the king. And David had become this national hero when he killed Goliath. Um, they were, you know, they, there was this reputation of like, the things that David had done. They had already known each other, but there's a, when, when Jonathan meets David, there's this potential for conflict. And I don't know how much Jonathan thought, like, in, I mean, I, we don't know much about what happens, but we know as soon as we meet, um, as David meets Jonathan in, in 1 Samuel 18, Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with the tunic, even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Um, this wasn't just a token offering of, "Hey, I think you're cool. Uh, these are my old shoes. Do you want them?" You know, which also would have been nice because shepherd boy didn't have nice stuff. He just didn't. There wasn't a reason to. He was the but the son of the king. He definitely had some nice stuff. He had the choice things because he was next in line. And rather than let that, that who gets to take dad's place, you know, difficulty become a problem, Jonathan was like, no, you're a good man and I, I will be loyal to you. And he maintained that loyalty in the time that he knew him. First Samuel 19, 1 Samuel 19.1, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow. Go into hiding and stay there. Chapter 20, Jonathan even lied to King Saul about David's location in order to protect him. Now you can look at this and go, well, was he not honoring his father? Well, his father was doing things that were unhonorable. And so he protected and did not allow his father to do something might, an attempt, but was not able to do it as best he could do. He was bringing honor and doing his best. That can get sticky. I don't want to run down that path for too long. Um, A good friend sticks close when times are tough. Tough times need a good friend. King Saul even tried to get Jonathan to turn on David, and he told Jonathan that, that that David would take the throne from him. And Jonathan didn't care. He stayed faithful to his friend. What's cool with with this relationship, when when David and Jonathan end up separating, there's no record that they got back together. But David's approach towards avoiding King Saul, um, Saul was anointed king of of England. Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. I need to turn the brain back up. Israel. Wow, yes, okay. The anointed king of Israel. And David had been anointed king of Israel as well, and he wasn't anointed to like take out, and there was, that was not part of the directive. He was like, God will take care of this, but don't you do it. Like anyone who was like you know loyal to David, he was like, don't take out Saul, God will handle that, and he did. It um, end up like enemies of Israel ended up taking out um, that thing, and it, and and David, for his part, did not want to take anyone away, but when it was God worked it out, it it, it all worked out for good things. All right, part two. I could tell you're excited. There's a, there's a bustle. It's, it's some fun. Okay. Who wrote the most books in the New Testament? Paul. Paul, very good. Who said that? For, who would like a mint? All right, I'm going to try. Watch your head. <clears throat> that was not bad. I'm getting so. I didn't practice throwing these ahead of time because who would? Um, but anyway, um, what did he do before he was connected to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? He killed other believers. All right. Who would like it? And Lindsay, hold still. Ready? (laughs) See, I'm actually going to get good at this at some point or we'll lose an eye and have to stop. Um, We'll see. All right. What was the name of the man who encouraged Paul when he was trying to join the disciples? Uh Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, was not Ananias. He was the one who actually restored his sight. He was, but he was like, "Okay, you can see now. Go get out of my house. You know, I'm still nervous." Barnabas. Good job, teacher's pet. I do not call my wife a pet. I'm just being playful, Uh, so don't read into that. Um, I'm just digging a hole up here, and y'all are having fun watching. It'll work. All right. What was Paul's original name? Saul. All right. All right. Watch your head, Chris. We made it. That's good. Cool. So. Paul's original name was Saul, and he was named after the original king of Israel. I got it right that time. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't so much that, that I, 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 we don't have a, and Saul was named this because of this, but obviously he wasn't not named Saul because of that. Like, you know, there are people in this room that I know of, there's at least one person in this room who was not named after George Washington, but if I said George, he would have... He would probably give me his attention. And it wasn't like he was named after George Washington, but if, you know, there's also, in 2005, there was a, a, a girl's name. Like, every, every year they put out, like, like, the most popular boys' and girls' names for a particular year. Um, in 2006, there was a name that had been on the girls' list for as long as they'd done it, and then it went from being in the top 100 to nearly zero. Anybody want to guess what name that was? Sure. Katrina. Nobody wanted to have a hurricane for a daughter. <laughs> Practical, right? Like, so, so you will not name people for rains, But, you know, there's, some, there's only so many names that go around without being really wild and crazy about it. Anyway, what's interesting to me, so, so background on the story for that. So Paul, who was Saul to begin with, Saul persecuted Christians, and Jesus got a hold of him and then turned his life around. Now, Saul knew this was genuine, but the people who knew Saul's reputation of him coming in, finding out who all the Christians were, taking them off to kill them—they weren't. They didn't believe his conversion near as much, you know. And so it wasn't until um, Barnabas got involved with Saul, like I need to see who this person is, and he he felt the need to get to know him. And then in um, let's see. Acts 9. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the, to the apostles. He told them to learn, told them how Saul's journey he had seen the Lord and had spoken to him, and how on Damascus how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about. Freely in Jerusalem, speaking bold in the name of the Lord. So it wasn't until um, Barnabas said, He's good. I've checked him out. We're good to go on this. Um, and he spoke again, like, I mean, this was a popular thing. Like, no, no one wanted to do this. This wasn't, um, Barnabas actually had a, a chance to mess up his own reputation by associating himself with someone who used to kill Christians. But he didn't. He was able to convince people, he spoke up for that. A good friend has your back. And a good friend speaks up when they have your back. Both of these things. Now, remember, these aren't things you can expect from other people. These are things you have to do for your friends. And hopefully it'll come back. You know, if everyone's doing it, then it's bound to you know happen. But it's something, this is, this is both sides. You, you, can, you can only control you. Acts 11, 22. News of, of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he had arrived, he saw the, great, uh, the grace of God and all had been done. Sorry. <laughs> when he arrived and saw the, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and a number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met in the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians for the first time at Antioch. Fun little piece there. So Barnabas not only had vouched for Saul, once Barnabas starts doing his call to work and realizes, I need some extra help, he decided to choose Saul. Saul needed something to do, probably, and Barnabas brought him alongside and allowed him to be part of that, and there was some great work that God was doing between two people. So it wasn't like, first of all, Barnabas realized, I, don't, I can't do this by myself. I need, a, I need a friend. I need help. And it's good to have you know, somebody who is needing something to do and needs to grow in, in their faith and to do more. He brought them alongside. A good friend sees your potential. And a good friend is willing to put you forward. We learn later in Scripture, something interesting happened. So at this point, it's still all Saul, like Scripture all says Saul. And they, uh, an interesting hap- thing happens um, in Acts 13 42. Um, it says, And Paul and Barnabas were leaving to go to the synagogue. The people invited them to speak further. What changed? It's the order, as well as that. Paul was the headliner. I don't know that that's whatever, but it's, they, it used to be Barnabas and Saul, and, and that was a cultural thing, the one who's the leader and then the follower. So you've had a primary and a secondary. Barnabas had no problem with Saul taking over. He was humble. He knew that this was something, there were some great things in Saul. And, and so, like, there's also Paul, you know, he, as I understand it, Paul was the Greek version of the name Saul, and so he just identified with that. But I think it's very interesting that Paul didn't try to change his name when he was in Damascus. You know what I mean? So, like, he's, he's having trouble... People He has a reputation. And so rather than change his name to try to outrun his reputation, he keeps his name the same, and, and, let's, and it's not like he's hiding. No, 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 that Saul was somebody else. I am fine, you know? That wasn't me. My name is Paul, you know? It wasn't it wasn't to hide what he had done. And in all of his letters when he's writing, he'll say, I used to do this. He'd freely admit, I used to persecute Christ and those who followed him. And he changed that. So I don't know. I just think I think it's really cool the way that 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 changed and he I don't know. Maybe it's not cool, but I thought it was. <laughs> um, let's see. When the order's reversed, a good friend supports your success. And a good friend does not need to be first. So I think that it's awesome when, people bring, when God b- brings people in our lives and we can encourage them to the point where they are better at doing what we were teaching them to do than, than, than they ever... You know, than it, it's, it's not a competition. It's a matter of encouraging someone to do what they should. Like, you know, I, I hope my children are better at some things that I can do. And some things they're better at already. Like, Phoebe can play the flute really well. I cannot play the flute. You know, that's cool. Um, you know, I didn't, anyway. Yeah, when I go off script, I can have to come back. Um, So Paul, when he was at the Church of Philippi, he said, do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit, rather in humility, offer, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but to each of you, to the interest of others. You think you learned that from watching Barnabas? You know, that's, this is something he, he became, like was a killer, became a follower, and then became a leader. And Barnabas was the role that made the difference there. And maybe God could have used somebody else if Barnabas said no. You know, God, you know, God wanted Paul to be able to do this, but Barnabas played his part, and that's how that was. Um, I think that's, that's, it's some neat. There were some other, you know, stuff that happened with their friendship where at one point they separate, and they come back together. And that's, um, you know, another part of, of of friendship is you can overcome the diversity when something goes wrong and you come back. That is is as important. The, the best The best friends that I have are the ones that I have actually had a fight with, and then we've continued to be friends. Because um, it's too easy to just walk off and be like, okay. I'm done with you. I'll go to the next person. I'll move on, and that doesn't honor the past that God has put that person on, or the fact that God put that person in your life. It's worth res- restoring that, like that friendship. So that if I ever see this person again, I'm not going. Okay, well, you know that fight that we started back in nineteen something. For those of you who had friends back that old, you know, <laughs> some of you know what that means. Others will be liking you know, it back in two thousand. But um, they're friends. People that were friends, that, that you could be, if they come back into your path. There shouldn't be anyone in your path. You're like, I hope I never see that person again because I don't know how that would go. But, I don't know. That was, that was off script as well and wasn't as well put together. All right, more candy. All right. How old was Jesus when he began his ministry? 30. Who said 30. There you go. All right, more candy for you. All right. How old? Pardon. Here, floor candy. They're they're individually wrapped, so it's okay. Um, How old, how many years did he serve until he was crucified? About three. All right. What was okay, this one's longer, and you can guess, you probably narrow it down to a couple, but I'm just gonna I thought it was cool. What was the name of the ancient Jewish sect that distinguished itself by strict observance of natural and tradition and written law and commonly held to the pretenses to superior sanctity? It was either the Pharisees or the Sadducees, that was the Pharisees. I'll read it again just because now that you know it's the Pharisees, I know you're dying to hear me read that again. Let's just see how I do. What was the name of the ancient Jewish sect, distinguished by strict observance of traditional and written law, and commonly held to have pretensions of su- uh, superiority and sanctity? What, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not get my Here. There you go. Cool. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Got it. Almost. And there we go. There we go. Cool. Um, so, something I found that I thought was kind of interesting about this, no ancient Jewish group referred to them as Pharisees. That was always something that, it was a label that, um, that people who didn't belong to the group pointed, that's a Pharisee. I thought that was interesting. It wasn't like, you know, the pin that they had, it was the moniker they were given, which speaks to, like, if no one wants to be called something, you know, it wasn't really an honorable thing. Um, but I think it's interesting, like, it's for those who have, who have read, like, and the Pharisees did this, and the Pharisees did that, it's interesting to know that they didn't identify by that term, but they were regularly called that. And that would, these were people that would come and visit Jesus, and it would just be difficult for them. All right, how many disciples did Jesus have walked with him? There were 12. All right, and going back that way. <laughs> people moving out of the way. All right, we'll just see you. Matt, do you want to try? What? Can I try to hit it you? All right. <laughs> we knew that would happen. We, you know I love you. I'm sorry. Maybe this wasn't a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I think most of the uh, energy had died down by the time. You all right, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fun, fun. I'm going to stop and just, you know, we'll go to... Does anybody remember what the latest... What, what, what did Jesus say when he recruited a disciple? Follow me. Follow me. The, uh, the word disciple actually means follower. So I don't know if something about the way he asked, like... Like, if someone came up to you and said, do you want to be a student of mine, um, you wouldn't have to say you're going to learn because the title itself would know. It's possible the follow me was something that was, you know, he was intentional about. Um, you know, it's, it, it may have just, I've always thought it was like, he just said follow me and okay, here we go, drop everything I got and go. It, it, I can't picture that in my head. It doesn't make sense. I can't think of anyone that even if I thought they were amazing and cool and they said, just follow me all right, I'll just leave my whole family and disappear and go see whatever you got to do. It it seems impossible that that would be the case. But I also know the way God works is each one of these people were being prepared along the way and were like, I need to follow something. I don't know what, but something's going to call me. I I I need to be able to follow something. And Jesus was there to answer that. Like I know the two of those were working together. A good friend... earns influence in your life. So, Jesus called specific people to be a part of his ministry. But once he had the 12, he didn't call anyone else. After that, it was all word of mouth. People followed him without him having to ask. Isn't that interesting? Like, I got my crew. This is who's going to be, you know, the 12, until one goes away. But... You know, this this was the 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 group. But after that, he wasn't saying, "Hey, follow me." He was just saying, "You know, people would follow him because they would seek him out." Um, one of the people that 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 sought Jesus out um, was actually, it was a group of friends that had a friend that needed Jesus, and that was that was interesting. It's it's one of the few times in the Bible where we see like. We don't we don't see that the, the 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 there's a so the crippled man that has four friends and they're like we will take him to Jesus because Jesus has healed and we're just gonna pick him up and take him to him because that's just how that's gonna work and we don't we don't know the man's name we don't know whether he organized this like how you know but these were friends that were willing to pick him up and take him to some place that could heal him You know we're not always in the place where we belong, or we can be healed, but sometimes friends will come along and pick us up and take us where we need to go. It means a lot when that happens. Nothing in particular, but it, you know, it means a lot. On one of those days as he was teaching, this is uh, Luke five seventeen through 16, one of the days when he was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, there were some men bringing up a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him... Sorry. Got some other stuff going on? Working through, working through, working through, working Well, I got a second. All right. This was a bad idea. <laughs> Now we find nurse this. Okay, okay. It'll, it'll, it'll distract me. All right. They were seeking a way to find Jesus, but no way was there to bring them because of the crowd. There were so many people in the building that they couldn't get in. So they went up on the roof and let, and let him down through the tiles of the roof in the midst of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven you. So this is a pretty amazing thing. Imagine this place is completely packed out. Jesus is right here, and he is you know, healing whoever he can, and it's packed out because everyone knows he's doing healing, doing miraculous things. We need to see this. This is, this is new. This is early in Jesus' um, ministry. It's actually like earlier in the chapter, he's still calling disciples. So this was kind of fresh. Sorry. Apparently I got something going on later on. Or now we'll see what that is. Um, they, Jesus had. Jesus was doing amazing things, and a crowd was gathering to do this. And these people were like, "Listen, Jesus can heal the, our friend. Let's let's make this happen." And they just they weren't stopped. They didn't wait till the crowd died down. They're like, "Maybe it'll stop. Maybe who knows? How, he's only got like three miracles to give. We got to make sure we're at the front of the line." And they tear up this person's house and lower him down. Jesus, this is for you. And I'm like, you know, I remember seeing, like, you know, hearing this as a kid, thinking, you know, that was fun to picture. Like, you know, it would be quite disruptive for someone to, like, drop someone into here. Hey, heal this man. <laughs> he, he could use some help. Well, obviously so. And he, he says, your sins are forgiven you. That apparently was what was blocking this person from from being healed. And so his... We don't have a reaction to the friends, but we imagine that that worked out pretty well. But the, uh, the scribes and Pharisees, that's the, that's the word for there, um, began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Now, they didn't say these out loud. They quietly thought them to themselves. Well, you could usually read someone's face, but Jesus had a little extra going for him on that. He said, uh, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise and walk? But you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. Immediately he rose before them and picked it up, and he had what was laying on the ground, sorry, what had been on the ground laying down, went home glorifying God, and amazement seized all. They glorified God and were filling with all, filled with all, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Y'all seen extraordinary things, like recently? Are there just some amazing things that are happening today? In your own life, there have been times, I know, like, you look back, you see God did something amazing. And you took the time to talk about that. I think there are times when a good friend brings you to Jesus in a crisis. There are good times and bad. on crisis times, there are times that are that, that you need, a friend knows you well enough to know you need help. To go to Jesus. You should be able to do it on your own, but sometimes pride gets in the way. You are stuck in where you are, and the wounds of your friend hurt to get you out of that place, but it's better for you when you do that. And remember also, it's your job to be that friend, to know people, to be involved with their lives, to reach out and to say, this is something that is worth doing because I love you as a brother, as a sister, as a, as a fellow Christian. I want to make sure that you are in the right place, and I'm willing to make steps and go that way. I want to encourage... Matt, if you want to go ahead and come up. Um, I want to encourage you guys. You may know of somebody... That's in here today. We've, we've started, we've, our church is doing a thing on prayer, and we are intentionally trying to give it a little extra time to do, um, to be praying for each other. And if, if you know somebody in here that, that could have something going on and you'd like to join them up, it may be more difficult to come up on your own um, for reasons that are your reasons, but it can be easier to go find somebody and say, why don't we go up together? Why don't we spend some time and just pray together? Um, now, there's nothing more special about the front of this place. It's just up here. It's easier for me to reach with the candy. But back there, you can also. God is in this whole place. And so if it's just a matter of you want to be, you know, pull up next to somebody say, hey, listen, let's intentionally reach out and be a friend. Intentionally seek people and be the kind of friend that brings you, brings brings people to Jesus in a crisis. The kind of friend that does the stuff that we've been talking about, that is a a good friend, someone who's willing to put that friendship in danger in order to benefit the other person. I think there's some really amazing people in our in our lives, and I'm really I love that God lets us be a family. Um, I'm blessed with a family that I, I love being with. And, you know, for those of you who don't know what that's like, something means, sometimes you don't get along, but you figure it out. And that's a lot of how our family, our church family is. Um, anyway, um, Matt's going to pray, uh, play for a bit. I'm, I'm going to pray. And if you would like to come up um, and just Come up to the front just as, a, as an opportunity. I'm going to encourage you to do that. To find a friend and just come to the front. We're just going to pray for just a minute. If you want to pray with someone else, you can just ask. And we're going to have our, our prayer team will be available to do that as well. But it's a, it's a moment that I'm, I'm hoping that you guys don't leave here and miss that opportunity to, to be a friend to each other. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for, uh, for bringing us together giving us an opportunity today to to speak um, to to be with each other to, to hear your words and to apply them to our lives to have an opportunity to do to do good to be a good friend gotta just pray that you show us the friends that we need to reach out to that you bring people into our lives that would be our new friends And uh, the ones that have been around for years, I just pray if if there's something we need to do or say to reestablish a friendship or relationship, that you would give us the strength and courage to do exactly that. Um, Thank you for all you give us. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.